the enemy sometimes will make you feel and make you think that what has come into your life is there to kill you when the truth is God is using it for your good. He has taken you to the next place. He has taken you to the next step in your journey, right? And so uh, tonight when we looked at that last week, we said in Genesis chapter 37 and verse 28 that the Midianites were there. They trade, The traders uh, passed by. His brothers pulled Joseph up lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shackles of silver. How much did we say 20 shackles of silver was? $12.80. Right? $12.80. They said, this is what we think you're worth. This is what we think your dream is worth. $12.80. But we said not to be alarmed, don't be discouraged, because they sold Jesus for $19.20, right? And he was the Savior of the world. And so don't allow people and the opinions of people to put a amount or what your value is or what your worth is, because only God can do that. Y'all going to be lazy tonight, ain't you? That's all right. I'll preach to myself. Amen. I said only God can put value on you. He is the creator, right? He is the one who designed you, created you, put within you value and worth. He said in every earthen vessel, he has put a treasure inside of us. And then he uses the Midianites. Midianite means strife. And he uses this in the midst of the pit. Now strife comes, but strife is what brings him out of the pit and takes him and his transportation to the place that he is God has for him. And so tonight, whenever strife comes, when you're in the midst of the pit, don't give up. Just know that it, you're in process of being transferred to the place God has ordained for your life. Amen. And so don't be discouraged when you're living in a pit. Just know that the promise of God is still over your life and he is going to take care of you. Amen. Your dream will draw strife to you. If you don't have, if your dream doesn't draw strife, then it isn't big enough. Amen. And so don't let anybody stop you. Don't even let strife, but let strife uh, just be fuel to your dream. And the strife was Joseph's transportation. His brothers sold him out, but God used it to bring him out, right? And so we talked about all of that last week. But what I want to talk to you tonight, and I just want to hit some highlights, and I'll be here in this for some time talking about dreams and talking about uh, favor, because I believe that's what our assignment is in this moment. Uh, but you, you have to understand this. You cannot confuse your destiny with your destination. You can't confuse your destiny with your destination. You live out your destination every day. But you, your de destination is not your destiny. It is li you living out your destiny every day that takes you to your destination of where God has ordained for you. But how many know that Joseph was just as much in destiny in the pit as he was in the palace? 
He was just, he was in the will of God. He was in the plan of God. He was just as much in destiny as he, when he was in his father's house, as he was in the pit, and as he was in the prison. It was just the process of his destiny being fulfilled, walking out every day, a process that took him to his destination, which would be the palace, so that he would rule in the reign and be where God had ordained for him to be. And so sometimes we begin, we get that mixed up and we think that our destiny is somewhere out there, somewhere one day we will get there, one day we'll be able to achieve it. But the reality is I'm living out my destiny every single day that I live. And some days it may look good, other days I may be in a pit, but I'm fulfilling the purpose and the destiny that God has for me today. And this is not my destination, it's just a part of my destiny to get me to my destination. All right? All right. And so Joseph was a slave. In verse, I want to look here in Genesis chapter uh, 30. Uh, let's look at 37. We'll look there real quick and we'll jump through here. Genesis 37, verse 31. And it says there, uh, So they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid goat and dipped the coat in blood. They took from Joseph what represented his favor. The coat represented favor because it was a coat of many colors. He was the one that got all of the name brand clothes. His brothers got the work clothes. And Joseph got the name brand clothes. Joseph didn't have to go in and clean out his fingernails after a day's work because he never went to the field. He was favored by the father in such a way that he had these clothes that said, I'm favored. He didn't have to tell nobody he was favored. He would walk in a room and everybody knew that is his father's favorite son right there. Why? Because of the clothes that he wore. It was something that was on the outside that represented the favor that had been placed upon his life. And so his brothers thought that if we take the coat off of him, then he will no longer be the favorite. But how many know when you wear the coat long enough, it don't just come on the outside, but something gets on the inside. And when you begin to realize that you are the favored of God, when you realize the grace of God, because faith and grace is this, or favor and grace is really the same thing. They're interchangeable. Where that the grace of God, the favor of God is upon our lives. And when we wear that coat of favor long enough, it gets on the inside of us and we begin to think like the favored of the Father, praise God, and we begin to act like the favor of the Father. And so Therefore, when we begin, it gets on the inside of us. It doesn't matter what has been stripped away from us. It's already in our heart. It's already in our spirit. And even though they took his coat, he was still acting like he was favored by his father. Amen. And so the coat was gone. We're going to talk about the coat because, uh, not tonight, but before this series is over. Because, see, whenever the enemy would take one coat, God would always give him another one. 
Yeah, I'm going to talk about it this in this series. Amen. Now, watch this. Here they take his coat, and the coat of many colors. His father comes, and they see the suffering that goes on in the father's heart, and they say to him that, that you know, a wild animal has come and got him and devoured him, and he sees all of this. He goes through the heartbreak of, of thinking that his son is lost forever, and his brothers, and it says here, his, his daughters even, was in on it. And they don't say nothing. How do you do that? Verse 38 said the Midianites had sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guards. You see, they thought that they was getting rid of him. But what they didn't understand was they was just, God was using them to get Joseph where he needed to be so that he could be a blessing to them. Amen. You see, God don't give you dreams and visions just so that you can be all of that in a bag of chips. He gives you dreams and visions so that you can become a thing, so you can be a blessing to others. Amen. And so your dream and your vision isn't just about you. If all it it consists of is about you, then you've just got a nightmare, baby. But whenever you get a real dream, when you get a real vision from God, it isn't just going to be about you achieving a thing. It's about you getting to the place God has ordained for you so that you can fulfill that destination and that purpose that he has for your life. And in doing so, others will be ministered to as well. And that's what was taking place here. We see that they sold him out. But yet, even though they sold him out, God used it for it his good. Then we look and we see that, you know, Judah, he acknowledges them and he says, you know, we shouldn't have this blood upon our hands. We should just take him and and sell him. And that's exactly what they did. And then in verse 39, it said that even though that Pharaoh had taken him and he was captive and guards of Egypt and brought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. And verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And he was in the, the house of the master of the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight of the servant and in his sight and served him. And then he began, um, made him overseer of the house and all that he had put under his authority. Amen. Now here he sold into slavery and the difference was, but the Lord was with him. How I many know that if the Lord is with you, It doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do against you. Somehow we have got the mindset in the body of Christ that God, we can only have victory if we're on the mountaintop. That God can only do a thing if things are going good. 
We think that God can only minister to us if we're having a, 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 a just a hair-raising service where everything's going 100 miles an hour and everything is going our way. But I want to tell you, when God is with you, you can be sold into slavery and God will raise you up. When the favor of the Lord is upon your life, it doesn't matter the circumstances you find yourself in. Amen. Joseph found himself sold into slavery. And it's interesting in verse 2, he said, but the Lord was with him. Amen. He was sold into slavery. I like the but. Someday I'm going to preach on the buts of the Bible. I like that conjunction because he tells them here, he said he is sold into slavery, but in other words, what I just said didn't matter. But listen to what I am going to tell you. He was sold into slavery, but the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, being sold into slavery didn't matter. The favor of God was still upon him. Hallelujah. The favor of the Father was still working in his life. And I want to tell somebody tonight that things may not just be perfect in your life. And things may not be going the way you think they ought to be going. But the fact of the matter is that the favor of God is upon your life. If you've called upon the name of the Lord, if you've sought out his name, then praise God your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're a partaker of his divine nature and you are favored by the Father. And no matter where you find yourself in life, the favor of the Father will work in your life. Amen. So Joseph found favor in his sight. He served him. Now watch this. And he made him overseer of his whole house. Now, how how many understand if Joseph had a bad attitude, he ain't going to get that kind of favor. He sold into slavery. And you can read it however you want to. But if I have somebody working for me and they got an ugly attitude and say, I'm just here to get your money, I really don't care about you. I don't care about your house. I don't care about what's going on. How many know they may get my money if they do a good job? But they sure enough ain't getting nothing else. Right? But look here. He, he found favor with him. And he didn't just give him a little of space to, to serve. He gave him control over his whole house. The only one that he was under was, was the Pharaoh himself. Everything else he had control of in his house. Why? This, this is a slave. This isn't a servant, Pastor Jamie, that he's picked out, that he's raised up in his house. This is a slave. Somebody he just bought off of the street. You understand? But God gives him such favor. He gives him and he is using his gift even in this difficult situation that God causes him to rise to the top. He rises above all of the Pharaoh's children. Come on. He rises above all of his servants that have been there all these many years. And now he rises up to his second in command over this whole place. Praise God. 
You see, I'm telling you tonight that the enemy may try to push you down. He may try to tell you you're nothing. He may even try to tell you you're nothing but a slave. But when God puts his favor upon you, when the grace of God is upon you, he will raise you up, praise God, and nobody can keep you down. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him nobody can keep you down. It said there's no, verse 9, it said there's no one greater in his house than I. And he said, and he has kept nothing back. Here, here's Mrs. Potiphar, right? That she-devil. Amen. And she comes and, and says, won't you lie with me? How many know she wasn't sleeping? You'll get that on the way home. Said, come lie with me. She wasn't talking about going to sleep. And he keeps on chasing him around, right? Now watch this. It says in verse 10, so it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. She didn't just make this invitation one time and leave him alone. Listen to me, you're a fool if you think that when you come to Christ and say, I'm going to give you my heart and my life, that the enemy is going to come back one time and say, come on back with me. You say, no, sir, I ain't doing it. He's going to leave you alone. You're crazy. This is how the enemy operates day by day. The enemy come to him and said, won't you lie with me? Won't you come on with me? Why don't you? And, and, and continually he has to build up this, this confession and say to her that I am not going to lie with you. I'm not going to do this injustice. And he didn't even talk about the sin that would bring into his own life. He said, I'm not going to sin against my master. He wasn't even considering or wasn't even saying it's not because of what it's going to bring to me. He said, I'm not going to do it against the one who has entrusted this to me. And then in verse 12, and then she caught him by his garment or his coat and said, come lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and left and fled and ran outside. Somebody say he lost his second coat. And then she realizes what happens. He runs outside and she hollers at all of the people and says, look, he's trying to pursue me. He's trying to, you know, come in and, and lie with me. And she makes up all of this lie to bring him in. How many have ever been lied on? Three of you. God bless you. Amen. Verse 20 said, Then Joseph took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in that prison. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph, showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Amen. He goes from being a slave in the house of Potiphar to the prison of Potiphar. But never mind about that because verse 21, but the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. 
You see, tonight, whenever the Lord is with you, Joseph goes and he says he showed him mercy and he gave him favor. Praise God. The favor of God is greater than anything that will come against you. Let me say that again. The favor of God is greater than anything that will ever come against you. Amen. All of hell can assail you. The enemy can try to put you in the inner prison, if you will, and cause you to be isolated. But if the favor of God is upon your life, it will cause you to rise to the top. It didn't matter how, it didn't matter if it was his brothers, it didn't matter if it was Potiphar, it didn't matter if it was the Midianites, whoever it was, that tried to push him down and squander him and tell him you're nothing. Can you imagine this? It isn't just a day or two it's going on, but all of his life he has people speaking over him. All of his life he has people pushing him down and telling him you cannot do this, you cannot be this. You cannot do that, but God is with him. The favor of the Father is upon him. And just like it, he continues to rise up. Every time they push him down, he rises back up. I want to tell you tonight that that's the favor of God that's upon each and every one of us. The enemy might come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord will raise you up and give you victory over your enemy. Amen. Don't be alarmed. Don't be discouraged. Trouble will find its way to your house, but the blessing and the favor of the Father that is upon you will bring you not only out, but over your situation and have victory every single time. Amen. The Lord was with him. Now watch this, chapter 40. I'm just skipping around, if you haven't noticed. And it came to pass after these things, these things, what things? Put in a pit. Stole his coat. Lied on. Put into prison. Sold into slavery after these things. He's now in the prison. And the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their Lord and their king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in the custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the very place where Joseph was confined. Amen. Now watch this, because I told you, it don't matter where you are, your gift will work for you anywhere you are. I said, your gift will work for you anywhere you are. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And he served them. And they were uh, in his custody for a while. And then the butler and the baker and the king of Egypt were confined in the prison, had a dream. And both of them had a dream, right? How many have read this? They both have a dream the same night. The butler sees a grapevine. He sees the buds. He sees the grapes. He sees, he sees the cup. He squeezes the grapes into the cup and gives hands the cup to, to Pharaoh, to Potiphar. And, and, and then the butler, he, 
is, or, or excuse me, the baker, he has a dream, and in three, uh, you know, three days, he's, he has this kind of the same line, but has an end result, is different, right? And we know that the baker, he said, well, Joseph said, I'm just going to use my gift. This is what I'm gifted to do. I mean, no, some people would have put that gift up. Some people would have said, if I was in church, I would use my gift. If I was in a better season in my own life, I would use my gift. But Joseph is in prison, and still his gift is working in him. Nothing can stop his gift from working. And he begins, he said, well, I know exactly what that is. He tells the butler, he said, it's going to be three days and you're going to be restored back to your position. He tells the baker, he said, I got bad news for you. In three days, you're dead, Bubba. Now, he didn't put it quite like that, but that's the end result, right? He said, and it happened just like he said. And Joseph tells him, he he tells the butler, he says in verse 14, he said, remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me, make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. You see, Joseph remembers who he is. He remembers he's not a slave. He remembers he is not an Egyptian slave. He is not somebody from Egypt, but he is a Hebrew. In other words, he don't even belong in this position. He should never under no circumstances be where he's at. But he finds himself there anyways. Have you ever looked to where you are and say, there's no way I should be here? He didn't deserve to be there, certainly. Come on. He didn't deserve to be in that place. But what was it? It wasn't about where he deserved to be. It was the process of his destiny being fulfilled, taking him to his destiny, praise God, his destination. And so he was walking this process out, and he tells the the butler, he said, Hey, remember me. Tell Pharaoh about me. And he gets amnesia. Have you ever been a blessing to somebody and they got amnesia on you? Amen. Helped them out. If it weren't for your help, they'd still be in prison. They'd still be in a mess. But helped them out. And then they get amnesia on you and forget who you are. Amen. But yet, Verse 23, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now watch this. Now, if you're not careful and you don't catch this next verse, you could just think that this little process was just a matter of days. But look at chapter 41 and verse 1. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years. Not counting the time he has already been in there, but since he uh, speaks to the butler and the butler is removed from prison, restored back to his position of authority, two full years pass and Joseph is still in that prison. 
He is still in the same place. May perhaps by this time in your mind you would begin to think, this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Perhaps you would begin to think, I need to learn how to live with a prison mentality because this is the way it's going to be from the rest of here on out. This is the way it's going to happen. This is the way it's going to go. I'm going to die in here and they're going to bury me and give me an Egyptian burial whenever I'm a Hebrew. Amen. All of these things probably could have gone through his mind, but some way and somehow he shook all of that off and he remembered who he was. He never gave up on the word of God over his life. He never gave up on his dream. He never gave up on the promise that he remembered as a little boy out there. Whenever he seen the promise of God over his life that said, I'm going to be somebody somewhere someday. It didn't look like it right now because Joseph, you're in prison. Two years have now passed and you, you might as well just give up on your dream, but somehow Joseph kept the dream alive on the inside of him. He kept the dream alive through a dry pit. He kept the dream alive through slavery. He kept the dream alive when he had been lied upon. It's easy to get your mind all messed up when people start lying on you. It gets easy to begin to get your mind all twisted up and get envy and bitterness and hatred in your heart when things aren't going the way that one thing you have dreamed your dream and you believe God has spoken to you but all of your situation around you all of it said it's a lie and will never happen but some way somehow Joseph held on to that dream he never got bitter he never got ugly he never quit giving using his gift he continued to use his gift to be blessing others even when he could not bless himself You just got to keep on working. I said, you got to keep on working it. Even when it looks like what you're doing is blessing others and you ain't getting no residuals off of it. Amen? How come? Because there came a day when Pharaoh needed somebody that could interpret dreams. Now watch this. If Joseph would have had an attitude that said, you scoundrels, you deserve it. I don't even deserve to be here. I could tell you what your dream is, but I ain't telling you nothing. I mean, no, that's probably the attitude I'd have had. Amen. You religious people, get up here. I'm going to pray for you. Amen. I'd probably got that attitude yeah, I can tell you, you're going to die, sucker. And I don't care. And you, you know, and all of that. But he didn't. Though somehow he pressed through and resisted that attitude. And said, you know what? I can help these boys. And he used his gift. Even in a stressful situation. And he said, look. I'm going to do this. Now watch this. Had he took on the attitude that I'm not going to help you. Now the day comes when Pharaoh <laughs> needs some help. And the butler would have never. He, how many know the butler was going out anyways? 
He just gets this dream to understand he's going out. But if, if Joseph, uh, if, if Joseph interprets the dream or not, that dream's going to come to pass, just like it had happened. But because Joseph interpreted that dream, when the day came that Pharaoh needed somebody to interpret dreams, the butler speaks up and says, I just happen to know somebody. Just come back to my mind. Oh, has it already been two years? It seems like yesterday. <laughs> I ain't got no real people tonight. Amen. It just seems like yesterday. But let me tell you, I just happen to know somebody, Pharaoh. Who is it? Well, it's a, it's a Hebrew, a young Hebrew boy. And verse 12, and, he, and the man with, with us there, a servant of the captains of the guard, and he told him the interpretation of our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And then it goes on in verse 14. And then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him up quickly. Somebody say quickly. (laughs) Brought him out quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved. He changed his clothes. And came to Pharaoh. Amen. Watch this. He came out quickly. He came out of the dungeon. He shaved. He changed his clothes and came out to Pharaoh unexpectedly. Amen. How do I know it was unexpectedly? Because if he knew that this is the day, he would have got up. He would have shaved and showered and put him some good clothes on. Come on, somebody. But he didn't know. Just an ordinary day, serving in the prison, doing his thing, using his gifts. Come on. Amen. And all of a sudden, unexpectedly, Pharaoh calls for him. He has to go get cleaned up so he can go talk to Pharaoh. Now watch this. Judah got him out of the pit. Amen. Praise got him out of the pit. But his gift got him out of the prison. Amen. Praise got him out of the pit, but his his gift got him out of the prison. His gift got him out of the prison. Why? Because he used his gift no matter where he was. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight that when you use your gift, it will it brought favor to him. Because he used that gift no matter where he was, favor came to him. They put him in prison, but he used his gift and favor come and he was head over the prison. They gave him, sold him to Pharaoh before that, right? And they, But he used his gift there and his gift caused favor to come to him and he became head over the household. Praise God. Well, I want to tell you when you use your gift, it'll cause favor to come upon your life and even though the enemy may try to press you down and say, you ain't never going to be nothing. The favor will be drawn to you and you will be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me see what else I got. What time is it? Yeah. Y'all sleeping anyways. You won't know if I'm preaching Let me tell you this, and I'll let you go tonight. I'm going to finish this up over the next six months. Amen. 
But <laughs> I want to tell you this because the Holy Spirit, I was praying Monday morning and the Holy Spirit began to give me this understanding of what I'm talking to you about tonight. And this is, this is what I want you to understand is that the gift that God has given you is what brings favor into your life. I heard the Spirit say to me on Monday morning in prayer, he said, what caused favor to come to Joseph? I'm smart enough to know that whenever the Spirit asks me questions, it ain't for him, it's for me. Amen? And so I began to analyze that, and I said, well, it can't be because he was the youngest, because if he is the youngest, that means that only ones that could get favor is the youngest ones in the family. So what if you're the only one in the family? You ain't getting nothing. And so if you have to be the youngest in the family, then only one person can get that. So that means that disqualifies everybody else in the family. Walking with me? And then I, you look at that and say, well, so that can't be it. Well, maybe it's because he's the smartest. The Bible says he was the wisest. Pharaoh told him that, right? And he said, there ain't nobody I've seen like you. Remember that? Well, just go on and read chapter 41 and 42. You'll find it. And because Joseph goes on and interprets the dream of Pharaoh. And he says, he sees these fat cows and skinny cows, right? And he likes the fat cows, and but the skinny cows come. And then he sees the, the crops, and he has a skinny crop, and then he has a fat crop. Everybody likes the fat crops better than the skinny crops. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to work at me at all, are you? Just go on to Dairy Queen. Forget it. Amen. But he sees this, right? And he says... Oh, I can tell you what that is. He said, there's going to be seven years of prosperity. The, the fields are going to be full. He said, the cows are going to be prosperous. And he said, but you need to store it up because following that's going to be seven years of famine. And he said, you're going to need to store up the crops and take care of the cattle in those seven years. And, and he said, and, and, and by the way, you're going to need somebody to manage all of that. Somebody like me. Amen. And Pharaoh didn't argue with him. He said, you're exactly who I need. He said, I ain't never seen nobody has the wisdom that you've got. So maybe it was because he was so smart. But then I thought, if, if you had to be so intellectual and so smart, then that would leave people out that ain't, ain't so smart. But the only thing that I could find that Joseph was consistent in that would cause favor to come to him from the time he was young. From the time he was in his father's house. From the time that he went and was sold in the, the, and put in the pit and even into slavery and into the prison. The only thing that remained consistent wasn't being a young child anymore, wasn't being that he was so smart that he could figure out how to get out of it. No, it was the only thing that was consistent was he always used his gift. 
and his gift continually brought favor no matter what the circumstance was in his life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, don't withdraw, don't hold back, don't say, well, a better day, another time. But just know that if you want the favor of God upon your life like never before, if you want the consistent blessing of the Father, don't hold back the gift, don't hold back the anointing and the favor, the grace of God upon your life. But use your gift to be a blessing to others. Use your gift if you're in the palace or in the pit. Use your gift if you find find yourself in the middle of the prison and everybody's got amnesia or if you find yourself sitting at the master's table hold on to the promise that God has placed in your life don't give up on the dream keep that dream alive how am I going to keep that dream alive by using the gift that God has put in my life And if you'll be faithful to use the gift God has put in your life, no matter what the circumstances are around you, it will draw favor to you. And that favor will bring you out. That favor will bring you out. I know in America we don't think we need all of that. And in some ways we really don't because we're so... self-sufficient we've got it all figured out we don't need God anymore we don't need his favor but if you're really going to do something significant with your life you're going to need favor upon your life amen I'm about done for tonight Mr. Eric I, I talked to brother Jonathan Morgan I think I even got to tell Renee this yet, but um, talked to him the other day to find out how that. Remember that church we're putting that put the walls up on and over there in Africa, and we got a well there, and was given twenty acres, and um, and Jonathan and I we we said, well look, your church we'll I'll put we'll put the walls up. You your church put the roof on it and we'll work together and build the kingdom there and uh, I called him I said how's it going over there he said uh, this last bit has been so difficult the, the uh, rafters have been put up but the roof metal hadn't put up, been put on yet and I said well tell me about it he said well it's a spiritual battle he said uh, the uh, which doctor in that community don't want a church there? And uh, so he and uh, four other guys had made a plot <clears throat> to kill the guy that was um, building the church. And so our contact that is there, he receives a word from the Lord says they're going to try to kill him. He goes there and he prays for him and sure enough that night he gets deathly sick. But he said I prayed for him all through the night. He said I left to go back to lay down where I was staying. He said I thought 
as much faith as I could muster up. I was believing God, but he said, I thought in the morning he'll probably be dead. We'll have to bury him. But he said, to my joy, when I got there, he had resurrected that morning. And he said, John, Brother, Pastor Jonathan told me, he said, I think that this village is going to have a fear and a respect from now on. So well, tell me the rest of it. He said, well, he said, those five guys that shed the blood came into agreement to kill him. He said, four of them dropped dead that day. So one of them was riding his bike out of the driveway and said he fell over dead. His wife went out to see about him and said when she touched him, he, she died. Long story, four of them are dead. And he said, one of them come running and saying, please forgive me. Serve your God. That's the favor. So that's the favor of the God we're serving. And whether you think you need it or not, you say, well, that's the bushes of Africa. No. We are in spiritual warfare right here in Cologne and West Virginia, just like they are in zombie Africa. We're just so spiritually unaware of what's going on that we don't even know we're under an attack. But when the favor of God gets on your life, the enemy will start fighting and warring against you. But he can't keep you down. Because greater is he that is in you than the world that comes against you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I just want to remind you tonight, wherever you are in life, keep using your gift. Don't ever give up on your dream. You can't tell everybody your dreams. Because there's a lot of dream killers out there. You can only give folks your dreams. When you're a big dreamer, you can only give folks your dream in little doses. Something they have to stretch for to get. But you say, that ain't nothing. I, I've got a bigger dream than that. We'll talk about that later. But tonight, I just want to remind you. Don't give up on your dream. And never quit using your gift. Because it's going to be what draws the favor to you. To fulfill not only your destiny every day, but get you to your destination of what God wants you to be. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Spirit of the living God, I pray tonight that you would fill this house with dreamers. Not only dreamers, but people that will use their gift that you have placed in us. That we can fulfill not only our destiny every day, but come to our destination. 
Come to the place of fulfillment. Come from to the place of the dream that you've placed in our heart. For many of us, like Joseph, you put a dream in us when we were real small. And we've yet to see the fulfillment of that dream. Some of us tonight, in the midst of our destiny, where some of us are in a dry pit. Others are in a prison. Others have been pressed down by the voices and the opinions of people. But I pray, Spirit of God, rise strong in them tonight. Let faith rise in their hearts. Let the favor of the Father be evident upon them. And draw them into your presence. Draw them out, God, of the pit. Draw them out of the prison. Draw them out because they will never stop praising you and never stop using your, their gift. And God, let us be a witness in a dark place. And where, however dark it may get, let us never forget that you've called us to greatness. Hallelujah to God. God, I give you praise and glory tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.